VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. We do thank you for joining us on Crosstalk today, coming your way from the VCY American Network. And uh, today, a Friday News Roundup. We've got a lot of information. Sandy has been busy getting many, 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 many stories together for us here today. A lot of topics, a lot of information that we'll seek to pass on your way but, friends, I trust as you hear programs like today, uh, number one, my, my in, inwardly, I feel something big is brewing here. We are on the precipice of all-out war all around this world. When you hear some of the issues that are taking place and going on and the tensions that are continuing to rise between countries, now, of course, escalation with China with the balloon, and we'll have some stories on it. Russia is heightening its its uh, offense against uh, Ukraine as well. We see issues going on with the threats toward Taiwan and on and on. It's just brewing. Uh, the Middle East involved with China as well, uh, just brewing with issues about to totally uh, unfold here across this nation. Friends, we know our God is in control. What he has before ordained will come to pass. So our trust and our hope, our confidence is in him. But certainly it should behoove us, friends, in such a time as this to be salt and light in these times in which we live. First of all, as we look at the Reuters story, our hearts continue to go out for the uh, the, the many impacted through the uh, earthquake uh, between uh, Turkey and Syria. A rescue crews this morning did pull out a 10-day-old boy and his mother from the ruins of a collapsed building in Turkey dug out several people and other sites four days after the huge earthquake wrought death and destruction across southern Turkey and northwest Syria. The confirmed death toll from the deadliest quake in the region now has hit 21,000 in both countries on Friday. Uh, hundreds of thousands more people have been left homeless, short of food and bleak winter conditions, desperate for a multinational relief effort to alleviate the suffering. And uh, we do encourage your continued prayers for this region. Uh, death toll in Turkey, 18,342. Uh, and the number of injured, over 74,000. In Syria, more than 3,300 have been killed and uh, others injured as well. And uh, truly... Uh, is uh, uh, troubling to see this uh, death and destruction that is taking place there and be praying for so many that are being impacted by this. From Newsmax.com, China's balloon that crossed the U.S. was equipped to collect intelligence signals and was part of a huge military-linked aerial spy program that targeted more than 40 countries. The Biden administration said yesterday, outlining the scope and capabilities of the huge balloon that captivated the country's attention before being shot down. The House voted yesterday 419 to 0 to pass a resolution condemning communist China for its surveillance balloon. The fleet of balloons operates under the direction of the People's Liberation Army and is used specifically for spying, outfitted with high-tech equipment designed to collect sensitive information from targets across the globe, the U.S. said. Similar balloons have floated over five continents reportedly. And Beijing, before the U.S. Uh, offered new information, the Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson Mao Ning re- repeated that her nation's insistence that the large unmanned balloon was a civilian airship, you know, for meteorolog- meteorological purposes and had blown off course and that the U.S. had overreacted by shooting it down. Well, China's defense minister refused to take a phone call from Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin to discuss the balloon and um, that this past Saturday, the U.S. offered a flatly contradictory characterization of the balloon and its purpose. It said imagery of the balloon collected by American U-2 spy planes as it crossed the country showed it was capable of conducting signal intelligence collection with multiple antennas and other equipment designed to upload sensitive information and solar panels to power them. The official said an analysis of the balloon debris was inconsistent with China's explanation that it was a weather balloon that had veered off course. The official said the U.S.'s confidence that the manufacturer of the balloon shot down on Saturday has a direct relationship with China's military and is an approved vendor of the Army. Very interesting information there. 
And uh, CNN even reporting that a recovery operation to secure debris from the balloon ongoing with analysis continuing at an FBI lab in Virginia. Official remarks suggest that the U.S. has already established the balloon was operating with electronic surveillance technology. We knew that as it's flying overhead. Why did we let it continue to fly? Coming to us from uh, state news, they indicate that footage from Chinese Communist Party-controlled state media had resurfaced that showed the testing of such a balloon carrying three hypersonic missiles in 2018. China CCP-run media aired the footage of the high-altitude balloon dropping the missiles onto targets on the ground. Well, the footage has been deleted from Chinese media. People can still find that online. Breitbart reporting the Taiwanese Ministry of Foreign Affairs released a statement last weekend denouncing China's spy balloon over the U.S. as an intolerable offense against international law and sovereignty. Epic Times says a lot of unanswered questions. Senators are reacting after classified briefing on the Chinese spy balloon. Pentagon officials testified before a Senate appropriations defense hearing February 9th when they defended the department's decision not to engage with China's high altitude surveillance balloon for an entire week, saying it presented no it presented no immediate military threat. Isn't that interesting? Yes, this is a, a, bl- a balloon. It was getting all kinds of surveillance. It's all equipped for that, but it had no immediate military threat. Senator John Kennedy stated, he said, I don't know what has been happening with respect to the surveillance balloons, but I know that the Biden administration has not told the American people, the United States Congress, the truth. The president needs to explain to all of us how many times this has been happening, Kennedy said. The president has left the impression that if someone in Montana had not spotted the balloon and called CBS and CBS didn't print the story and the White House would never have told us. During the hearing, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska criticized the Pentagon's decision to allow the Chinese spy balloon to enter U.S. airspace over Alaska's Aleutian Islands without repercussion. She said if it's appropriate to take it down off the coast, the East Coast in U.S. airspace, it's also equally appropriate to have taken it off the Alaskan coast. Uh, the uh, senator from Montana, Steve Danis, uh, whose state uh, territory also violated by the balloon, said the Chinese invaded our airspace. We could have taken that balloon down when it was over the Aleutian days before in U.S. airspace. They didn't shoot it down when it came, came over Montana. I guarantee you that could have taken down this. They could have taken down the spy balloon and the greatest risk would have been hitting a cow or a prairie dog. On behalf of the people of Montana, whose airspace was violated by this Chinese spy balloon, I've got a lot of unanswered questions and uh, goes on with that, but uh, a lot of consternation regarding this. And uh, in response to show our toughness, I guess, uh, Fox News reporting that the U.S. Air Force today launched an unarmed Minuteman 3. ICBM uh, did a test from California in a show of nuclear readiness. Test was launched 11.01 p.m. Pacific time from Vanderburg Space Force Base in California. Here's from the New York Times. The Pentagon downed an unidentified object over Alaska today at the order of President Biden, according to U.S. officials. John Kirby, a White House spokesman, confirmed the incident at a news conference today. Uh, U.S. officials said it has not confirmed that the object was a balloon, but it was traveling at an altitude that made it a potential threat to civilian aircraft. Mr. Kirby said the object was traveling at 40,000 feet, said officials were describing it as an object because that was the best description they had of it. A recovery effort on the debris will be made, Mr. Kirby said. He said the object was roughly the size of a small car, much smaller than the spy balloon. You know, I find it very interesting how we shot this down. Now we're having a, a time finding the debris and, and stretched out over, over, over waters and, and the uh, strength of the waves and currents and so forth. Um, there, there were many opportunities to take this out at a earlier point in time. Let's go to the Epic Times. City Council in North Dakota voted unanimously Monday to block a Chinese company's proposed corn mill after the U.S. Air Force raised national security concerns over its proximity to a military base. The public in attendance cheered and chanted, USA, USA, when the Grand Fork City Council voted unanimously 5-0 to zero to terminate the proposal by Fufang Group. It's a large Chinese agribusiness with strong ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Hats off to the city council in North Dakota as uh, they, uh, in Grand Forks that is, as they voted unanimously to terminate this proposal by the uh, large Chinese agribusiness. 
Folks, hang on to your hats because LifeSiteNews.com has a troubling story here for us. The head of the World Health Organization said that we must prepare, listen to this, folks, we must prepare for a possible H5N1 bird flu pandemic. And also mentioned that the WHO is engaging in men is engaging manufacturers to make sure that if needed, supplies of vaccines and antivirals will be available for global use. The WHO's director, General Tedros Ghebreyesus, warned about the bird flu virus potentially infecting humans during a virtual briefing on February 8th. According to the WHO executive, there were several reports in the past weeks of the H5N1 virus increasingly being detected in several animal species, meaning that the virus likely spilled over from birds to mammals. For the moment, WHO assessed the risk to humans as low, Gabreas has stated. Since H5N1 first emerged in 1996, we've only seen rare and non-sustained transmission of H5N1 to and between humans. But we cannot assume that will remain the case, and we must prepare for any change in the status quo. Isn't that something? We must prepare. Can we assume gain of function is at work again, ladies and gentlemen? Can we assume that gain of function will be employed once again? As always, people who are advised not to touch or collect dead or sick wild animals, but to report them to the local authorities. WHO is working with national authorities and partners to monitor the situation closely and to study cases of H5N1 infection in, in humans when they occur. When they occur. So, friends, we got to prepare about a potential fur, a bird flu outbreak that is going to happen among humans. Doesn't this sound reminiscent of what we were warned about with the COVID-19 virus and that meeting that had been held, setting the stage uh, of warning regarding this? American Military News is reporting that the United Nations, uh, United Nations chief warned Monday that the world is facing a convergence of challenges unlike any in our lifetimes and expressed fear of a wider war as the first anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine approaches. Secretary General Antonio Guterres said that experts who surveyed the state of the world in 2023 set the doomsday clock at 90 seconds to midnight, the closest ever to total global catastrophe. He pointed to the war in Ukraine, runaway climate catastrophe, rising nuclear threats, the widening gulf between the world's haves and have-nots, and the epic geopolitical divisions undermining global solidarity and trust. The so-called tactical use of nuclear weapons is absurd, he said. We are at the highest risk in decades of a nuclear war that could start by accident or design. We need to end the threat posed by 13,000 nuclear weapons held in arsenals around the world. He told diplomats that 2023 must also be a year of game-changing climate action, not of excuses or baby steps, and there must be no more bottomless greed of the fossil fuel industry and its enablers. Guterres had a special message for fossil fuel producers, who he said are scrambling to expand production and raking in monster profits. If you cannot set a credible course for net zero with 2025 and 2040 targets covering all your operations, you should not be in business, he said. The Secretary General invited any leader in government business or civil society to the Climate Ambition Summit that he is convening in September with the condition, show us accelerated action in this decade and renewed ambitious net zero plans, or please don't show up, he said. More news roundup after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, the pterosaurs were flying reptiles, but were they good flyers or not? Chris, it's hard to know because we've never seen one fly. We do say their skeletal remains, and some of them were absolutely huge. How could they have flown? A scientific study of some of their skulls has given us some clues. That portion of the brain which integrates input from the different sensory organs was large in the pterosaurs, much larger than in other creatures. This gives us the impression that the creature was a good flyer. Of course, evolutionists propose that all these functions and organs came about by natural selection. What could have given some non-flying creature this ability? A much better idea is that God created these huge creatures as a monument to his creative ability and imagination. Today, we just sit back and marvel. 
And it's been that way ever since, back in Genesis. This is Chris O'Brien. Thanks for going back to Genesis. This is Crosstalk on VCY America, and uh, wow, that minute hand is going faster than my stories are, but uh, we'll continue to uh, keep you informed on a number of issues that are going on. See what I mean? That something is brewing across this world, and we see things that are unfolding, and, and now the uh, certainly the warnings that are coming from the World Health Organization about another kind of outbreak being transmitted to humans, uh, also the whole clampdown on so-called global climate change and uh, the threats uh, that continue to come, uh, warnings from the United Nations on this. Friends, we were getting these warnings decades ago. We've got 10 years left. We've got 12 years left. We're going to be, our islands will be swallowed up. Our shorelines will be gone. We're going to say, you know, the, no more polar ice cap. On and on and on, the warnings have come through the decades. Well, let's go to the telegraph. With Russia back on the offensive, the past few weeks have been the bloodiest so far of an already bloody war, reports the telegraph, with both sides taking extraordinary heavy casualties, and they're saying expect it to get worse. Ukrainian defense minister has said that Russia has mobilized much more than 300,000 troops, perhaps up to half a million, and these are pouring into Ukraine in preparation for what's expected to be a major offensive in the coming days and weeks. American Military News reporting Russia and Iran are moving forward on plans to establish a factory in Russia aimed at producing some 6,000 Iran-designed drones of the type Moscow has used in the Ukraine war. That's according to the Wall Street Journal, which cited officials in the U.S.-aligned uh, country. Moscow and Tehran seem to produce a faster drone to better challenge Ukrainian air defenses, the officials said. Reuters telling us that Denmark, Germany, and the Netherlands will pool funds to restore at least 100 old Leopard 1 tanks from industry stocks and supply them to Ukraine, according to a joint statement that was published on Tuesday of this week. The Gatestone Institute, just 20 days before Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Russian President Vladimir Putin and Chinese President uh, Xi Jinping have signed a statement that said that their cooperation had no limits. No forbidden zones. Shortly after that, Putin announced new Russian oil and gas deals with China, worth an estimated $117.5 billion. Both countries have also increasingly been conducting this trade in their national currencies. In February, China and Russia will be holding joint military exercises with South Africa off the South African coast, underscoring the growing influence that China has in Africa. Above all, China's close and increased dealings with Russia have provided a lifeline to Putin, enabling him to continue the war with Ukraine. American Military News also reporting that the deepening of security cooperation between Japan and NATO, driven by a shared understanding of the need to counter China and Russia, spelled out by Prime, the Prime Minister and the North Atlantic Treaty Organization Secretary General, they met in Tokyo on Tuesday. USA Today reporting the U.S. will nearly double its military presence in the Philippines under an agreement announced Thursday, part of an effort to counter China's threats to Taiwan and growing Chinese influence in the Indo-Pacific region. The U.S. will now have access to nine bases across the Philippines. WND.com reporting that Joe Biden repeatedly has denied the U.S. had anything to do with the recent bombings of Russia's Nord Stream pipelines but a startling new report revealing that may not have been the truth. Pulitzer winner uh, reporter Seymour Hirsch has written in his Substack page that the U.S. Navy divers last June, while operating under the cover of a widely publicized NATO exercise called Balt Ops 22, planted the remotely triggered explosives there three months later, destroyed three of the four Nord Stream pipelines. The report explains the Confirmation comes from a source with direct knowledge of the operational planning. Okay, boy, there's so much more in every one of these stories, but just trying to give you a roundup, a taste of what's taking place. Uh, this from Breitbart. Uh, India has found a way to profit greatly from Russia's sanctions uh, situation, purchasing cheap Russian crude and using a tremendous uh, refining capacity to sell American and Europe gasoline and diesel. Bloomberg News uh, revealed that information. A national review, the U.S. ski team will wear race suits with a political message when they compete at the World Championship this month. 
Uh, the American skiers will wear blue and white suits featuring images of ice chunks floating in the ocean, a design that was inspired by icebergs becoming, uh, you know, breaking up because of high temperatures through satellite photos, the AP had reported. The uh, nonprofit organization Protect Our Winters helped design the uniforms, which the team will wear at the championships in France. They kicked off on Monday. The New American tells us, well, despite global warming, Mount Washington in New Hampshire breaks a wind chill record. Last Friday, New Hampshire's Mount Washington experienced the kind of cold that a, that uh, an astronaut might experience on the surface of Mars. An Arctic blast of frigid weather saw thermometers dip to minus 46 degrees with sustained winds near 100 miles an hour and gusts reaching over 125 miles per hour. That meant the wind chill reached a South Pole-like minus temperature of uh, minus 110 degrees, a new record for the United States. Fox News is reporting the Department of Transportation announced Thursday that it will award $662 million in grants funding to fix the nation's port infrastructure, but only if those ports advance ESG-style goals such as equity, environmental justice, and serving underserved communities. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Let's see, Newsmax.com, Vice President Kamala Harris on Wednesday uh, insisted she will be President Joe Biden's running mate in 2024. He's expected to officially kick off his re-election campaign soon, and there's been some talk that he should consider replacing Harris on the ticket. Uh, And she said, well, let me first of all say, as the president has said, he intends to run, and if he does... I'll be running right with him. The Hill is reporting Florida uh, Senator Rick Scott's campaign has released an ad calling for President Biden to resign after he said in the State of the Union address uh, on Tuesday night that some of the GOP want to sunset Social Security and Medicare. But what's interesting, because Fox News did a flashback when it was President Biden himself, when he was a senator for Delaware, had introduced legislation to sunset all federal programs, including Social Security and Medicare. In 1975, while Biden was in the upper chamber of Congress, the the now president put forward a bill requiring all federal programs to sunset after four years, he doubled down on the legislation in the 90s, saying on the Senate floor that his bill would affect Social Security. Quote, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans benefits. I meant every single solid, uh, uh, solitary thing in the federal government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it tri- twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Yes, that flashback taking us back to Mr. Biden in the Senate, where he himself was a proponent for this. Well, continued troubles at the White House. FoxNews.com reporting the White House uh, today announcing that uh, President Biden's communications director, Kate Bedingfield, will step down at the end of this month. Uh, She's expected to take on a new strategic role with Biden as of yet undeclared re-election campaign and uh, will be succeeded by Ben LeBolt, a former advisor to President Barack Obama. Well, the Washington Free Beacon has an interesting story here. After refusing for days last week to shoot down China's spy balloon, the Biden administration finally found airships that they are happy to take down, surveillance blimps. But guess what, folks? These blimps monitor our southern border. The Biden administration is taking the blimps, which allow agents to detect illegal migrant activity over long periods of time, out of commission due to, quote, funding cuts. Funding cuts. When have you heard a funding cut coming from the Biden administration? While there were 12 surveillance balloons in operation last year, only four remain. Customs and Border Protection agents told Fox that the removal of the blimps known in the agency as their eyes in the sky will drastically hinder their ability to track illegal immigrants who evade detection at the border. As of January, there were 1.2 million gotaways since Biden took office. Interesting. Got to get those balloons out of the air. Oh, no, no, not the Chinese spy balloons. We want to take down those that are surveilling our border for us to protect us and and be the eyes in the sky for those who are entering the country illegally. Daily Caller telling us New York City is now busing illegal immigrants to the U.S.-Canadian border, the city's Democratic Mayor Eric Adams said on Monday.
Very interesting. And, uh, okay, we're going to move on. Oh, yes, uh, hearings that are going on. There's been a lot of oversight hearings going on and, and uh, various meetings. It depends who controls Congress uh, as to who also is going to control uh, getting these meetings in. And the Tucson, Arizona sector border patrol chief testified Tuesday of this week that illegal migrants are coming to the U.S. because they believe that the Biden administration made policy changes that the border was open. That was said during the House Oversight Committee. And uh, we're going to play for you an audio clip here from the uh, Border uh, Sector Chief, John Modlin. Let's listen in. Thank you, sir, for the question. And, and I will try to go fast. What I can tell you in 27 years is that migration is, is very complicated. There are push and pull factors. The thing I can tell you that goes to the spike that, that you're talking about is in the Tucson sector, um, interviewing people post-arrest, what, what became the most common response was that they believed that when the administration changed, that the law changed and policy changed and that th there was an open border. Chief, I'm glad you said that because, ladies and gentlemen, the law did not change. Joe Biden decided not to follow the law. Wow, what a stunning comment took place in that House Oversight meeting. There was another House Oversight and Accountability Committee chair, James Comer, and uh, this uh, coming to us uh, here, uh, let's see, uh, yes, the chairman, James Comer, uh, alleged Wednesday that big tech giants like Twitter are under the control of people who are hostile to fundamental American principles of free speech. And uh, saying we owe it to the American people to provide answers about this collusion to censor information about Joe Biden's involvement in his family's business scheme, said that at the meeting. Well, other meetings are also taking place. And uh, now we also have uh, Twitter uh, executives and and uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, various uh, yeah, Twitter executives were there. Uh, Mr. Baker, Ms. Gattle, uh, Mr. Ruth, uh, Ms. Narvoli, and uh, they were being grilled. And a statement that came out here from Re Representative Clay Higgins. He represents the third district for Louisiana, and basically uh, told the former Twitter execs, get ready to be arrested for interfering in the last election. You, ladies and gentlemen, interfered with the United States of America 2020 presidential election, knowingly and willingly. That's the bad news. It's going to get worse because this is the investigation part. Later comes the arrest part. Your attorneys are familiar with that. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to spend five hours with these ladies and gentlemen doing depositions surely yet to come. But for right now, I'll yield the balance of my time to my colleague, Mr. Jordan. Friends, we've also been monitoring what's been going on in the Senate Judiciary Committee as it pertains to the approval of judges. And there have been two judges that went before the committee. They voted yesterday. Uh, leftist, uh, here's from Family Research Council, leftist judicial activist uh, Nancy Abudu, strategic litigation director for the Southern Poverty Law Center, and a Julie uh, Rickleman, pro-abortion Dobbs lawyer. As this went before the uh, committee yesterday, both of them were approved on the 11 to 10 vote. All Democrats voting in favor of them, Republicans voting in opposition to them. That means their nominations will now go before the full U.S. Senate. And uh, you can reach out to your senators, of course, at 202-224-3121. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk coming your way from the VCY American Network. Year after year, generation after generation, we as Americans enjoy the right and opportunity to let our voices be heard through the election of our governing officials. With over 200 years of peaceful transition from one elected body to another, the stability of America's republic stands alone among nations. Our founders pledged their life, their fortune, and their sacred honor in the establishment of this nation. Our country's founding documents have guided this nation and are the substance by which today's laws are judged. Do you own a copy of the Constitution? Documents of Freedom is a pocket-sized booklet containing the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and all other amendments passed. The booklet also features the Declaration of Independence and Washington's Farewell. 
Documents of Freedom is available for a donation of $5 or more to VCY America and can be made by calling 1-800-729-9829. That's 1-800-729-9829. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. And, uh, friends, again, there's much that's going on. I've got piles of paper here that is going us uh, another hour and a half, but we don't have that much time. Uh, Let me just mention, again, the FBI searching the home of Mike uh, Pence uh, uh, today amid classified document investigation. And uh, it's been reported that another document with classified markings was found at his Indiana home. I don't have more information about that. That news broke uh, here just during the program itself. Uh, An interesting story that's coming out. Um, Todd Starnes had written this. Deion Sanders is a new head coach at the University of Colorado. He's also a Christian man. He praised and glorified God when he was introduced to fans at the new as a new head coach. Meetings with players and coaches always started with a word of prayer. And this is what he prayed. Lord, we thank you for this day. Father, for this opportunity as a group. Father, we thank you for the movement that God has put us in place to be in charge of. We thank you for each player here, each coach, each family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, friends, the Freedom From Religion Foundation has come unglued. They heard about their prayers. They fired off this threatening letter to the university. They said the coach's prayer was against the law. It's religious coercion. Well, the University of Colorado dispatched their equity and compliance office to the football stadium. They reminded the coach of their non-discrimination policies and warned him not to engage in religious expression. Well, the out-of-town atheists are praising the University of Colorado and their commitment to secularism. Many of you will remember one named Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He had the catchy little tunes and had uh, morals for boys and girls to follow. Well, there is a song that just is resurfacing again. And it is something that is really triggering people here today because he sings about boys being boys and girls being girls. I'd like you to uh, just hear this uh, song from Mr. Rogers. Boys are boys from the beginning. If you were born a boy, you stay a boy. Girls are girls right from the start. If you were born a girl, you stay a girl and grow up to be a lady. Only girls can be the mommies. Only boys can be the daddies. Wow, you know, what a contrast to what we're getting through PBS today and through all this barrage upon children, uh, whether it be Arthur or, or you know, the, the Peppa Pig now even, and, and some of the other uh, cartoons. Uh, Mr. Rogers actually went to the Johnny Carson program pertaining to that at the time. And uh, just listen to this excerpt. I believe this goes back to 1980. Now, what's the second verse? Boys are boys from the beginning. Girls are girls right from the start. Everybody's fancy, everybody's fine, your body's fancy, and so is mine. Because sometimes children think that they might change. They might have to change after a while. And, you know, we laugh about that now. But it's because we had that concern when we were little. Yeah, because you're really not sure, and you thought maybe you'd become a girl, or a, a girl would become a boy, right? Exactly. You know, you listen to that, and hear how the audience laughed when, when the, even the notion that a boy could think that he'd be a girl or a girl boy. How times have changed. Now, friends, I'm going to take you to the Oklahoma State Capitol, because this week... There were furious, and that's the headline that's coming to us from the Western Journal, furious transgender activists flooding the state capitol building in opposition to new legislation. Now, what's going on in Oklahoma? Uh, This is uh, uh, a statement from the governor there, Governor Stitt, saying we shouldn't allow a minor to get a permanent gender-altering surgery in Oklahoma. He said, that's why I'm calling on the legislature to send me a bill that bans all gender transition surgeries and hormone therapies on minors in the state. As governor, I will never shy away from calling out right from wrong. Friends, the people became unglued. I I guess they never listened to Mr. Rogers growing up. 
but they became unglued. I'm going to take you to the Oklahoma Capitol where you're going to hear some of the chants that are coming out. We are Oklahoma. We are Oklahoma. This is our house uh, shouting as well. Let's just listen in to some of the rampage taking place there. Trans lives matter. Trans lives matter. Yeah, and they're they're yelling, protect trans kids, protect trans kids. I you know, many on Twitter mock the protest. One person wrote, the hypocrisy of the left. Occupying a government building like this is immense. Wondering if these protesters would be detained as were those who entered the U.S. Capitol on January 6th of 2021. Interesting thought there. But uh, here, how how rabid we have become as, as, you know, they, when, when uh, Mr. Rogers was on Johnny Carson and mentioned that some, you know, some are going to believe that boy can become a girl and the audiences laughed at that. Look what has happened to this nation. And, friends, you look as what has taken place even uh, here in Oklahoma, a red state with this uh, taking place. Now, also coming from Western Journal, the United Nations is releasing a report in June regarding the perceived contradictions between religious freedom and sexual orientation and gender identity, or the SOGI laws, and is looking to push governments to fully comply with their obligations under international human rights law to protect and empower LGBT plus persons, according to a U.N. announcement. The U.N. closed a call for LGBT and religious freedom organizations to submit input into the report earlier this month and is scheduled to introduce its findings at the 53rd Human Rights Council meeting that's coming up in June. And basically, friends, what we have seen so far is that you must push your religious rights to the side. They are subservient to LGBTQ rights here in our land. Coming to us... uh, also from Daily Wire, Missouri's Attorney General announced Thursday that he has launched a multi-agency investigation into the Pediatric Transgender Center at St. Louis's Children's Hospital after a whistleblower alleged that the facility's practices are seriously harming children. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey said that the office uh, launched the probe into the shocking allegations from whistleblower Jamie Reed, a self-described queer leftist woman who worked as a case manager at the facility. The Attorney General's office said they received a sworn affidavit from the whistleblower and documents that support her claims. I mean, it is on several occasions, doctors, according to her claims, have continued prescribing medical transition even when a parent stated that they were revoking consent. She said, I've seen puberty blockers worsen the mental health outcomes of children. Children who have, who have contemplated suicide before being put on puberty blockers have attempted suicide after getting the puberty blockers. On and on it goes. Also, the Missouri Attorney General is calling for a ban on drag queen shows and school curriculums. No educational value to them, he is saying. Oh, I would certainly agree there. Uh, Bethany Hamilton, famous Christian surfer, uh, standing up for women in her sport after the World Surf League announced that it would allow biological males to compete in women's competition, women's surfing competition, ladies and gentlemen. Hamilton went so far to say that if the rule remains, she will no longer surf in competitions that are sponsored by the organization. National Review reporting Mayor Eric Adams of New York City announced it is, uh, he is lifting the COVID vaccine mandate for city workers only a few months after the same requirement for private employers was rescinded by the mayor. Beginning Friday, that's today, the shot will no longer be mandatory for municipal workers in the city, as well as for those who work for the New York City Department of Education. Vaccination requirements for non-public school early child care and daycare staff will also be discontinued. 
Well, friends, uh, let's see, also over 1,800 churches have left the United Methodist Church in 2022, uh, mainly due to the denomination's ongoing schism over homosexuality, according to a recent report. Church disaffiliation data recently compiled by UM News shows a total of 1,825 congregations that have now disaffiliated their, you know, with their vote approved by the respective conferences last year. Um, let's see. Church of England, this is Newsmax.com, is said Wednesday that it would reconsider the traditional use of masculine pronouns to describe God, floating gender-neutral terms to he uh, and our father. Two days after gathering in London for the latest General Synod, the church revealed that it plans to launch a commission this spring tasked with investigating the use of gendered language in prayers, baptisms, and for general usage. Friends, I've got some more stories here, but, uh, oh, can I share this as well? Uh, from the Mirror Online out of the UK. I mean, it's this is where things are going. A killer who transitioned from male to female while in prison has demanded guards hold her hand while outside her cell because she is now identifying, well, it is, <laughs> I'm sorry, he is identifying because it's a male, uh, from male to female, and now wants the guards to hold uh, the, the uh, his hand because he is now identifying as an infant. Going by the name of Sophie Eastwood was named Daniel when jailed for life in 20, uh, 2004 after using shoelaces as, uh, you know, as a means to strangle her cellmate, his cellmate. Um, it, is, it is amazing. But now is identifying as a infant. And uh, we understand that... Uh, uh, they're des- desiring for the wearing of diapers, having meals pureed like baby food as well. Um, very troubling indeed. There is no end to this. Once we change that which is immutable, you can't. You, friends, uh, right is wrong, wrong is right. And uh, we see where this is taking us. Let's open our phone lines here today and Crosstalk. If you'd like to comment on these or other current event stories, I know, I know there are so many other issues that we never got to here today, including uh, the Grammy Awards, this uh, this uh, celebration of Satan that took place here as well. Uh, that was uh, certainly that of uh, a great uh, satanic worship uh, and uh, CBS tweeting out uh, uh, this demonic worship uh, tweet. We are ready to worship that's troubling news indeed. Our number to crosstalk, 800-733-9829, 800-733-9829. Let's try and uh, take your calls here today, and uh, we'll be focusing our final segment with your calls on uh, issues that we're talking about. And uh, let's quick get in. Uh, Tom from Port Wing, we'll try and get you in before the break. Tom, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, I the government has uh, said that they're going to go all the way back to the Reagan administration looking for classified uh, information and documents. When do you think they will get over to the Obama House? I haven't seen it in the news yet, have you? I have not. No. And I'm wondering if they're going to wait until they're all destroyed or just most of them. Interesting, you know, response to that. Thank you for the call. We are up against a break, friends. We're going to quick take the break. We'll come right back to your phone calls here on Crosstalk. Write down the number as soon as you hear somebody finish their comments. Uh, you can pick up your phone and call 800-733-9829. We'll be back in one minute. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Frequent guest on my radio show and TV show is Colonel John Mills, who served on the National Security Council staff for two presidents. I also interview regularly Gordon Chang. Gordon Chang recently came out and said this Chinese balloon flying across America reveals that indeed war with China could come at any time. On my radio show on Monday afternoon of this week, Colonel John Mills said what China was doing shows that a strike of some kind could be imminent from China. That what they were gathering was all the information you would need 
to carry out various strikes on America. They were certainly gleaning information to go after America's vulnerable spots, including making sure they have all the information they need on our nuclear triad. Dr. Peter Vincent Pry warned this is one way you would also deliver an EMP to bring down the power grid. Colonel John Mills said this is the most dangerous time in America since the Cuban Missile Crisis. I'm Brandon House. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. It's a news roundup day here today. We thank you for being with us. By the way, a troubling issue going on in New Jersey. A Washington Free Beacon reporting a second Republican New Jersey council member shot Wednesday, just a week after a first was gunned down outside her home. Milford Councilman Russell Heller also works as a supervisor at a utility company, gunned down in a parking lot outside his office Wednesday by a former employee. Last Wednesday, a councilwoman, Eunice uh, Dwum 4 was killed by an unidentified gunman outside her home. Very interesting. I mean, this has not really been going across the country, but this is a pair of killings of Republican lawmakers. Let's go to, uh, let's see, Brent in Pewaukee, Wisconsin. Brent, you're on the air. Well, first of all, good afternoon. I thank you for taking my call. Uh, I've got a couple of things that I think should really be addressed. It's too little too late. These cities that now no longer have a mandate for the vax, think about it. Too little too late. The Democratic cities are going down, and you reap what you sow. It's so simple. It's so plain. All we need is the Bible and our good Lord and hope and pray that he'll protect all of us. God bless you. Thank you, Brent, for your comment. Shelley in Cookville, Tennessee, you're on the air. Uh, yes, I just wanted to say about the them dropping the mandates and the new virus that they're warning about. I just wanted to remind everybody that WHO is meeting again, I believe it's in April, um, and they're planning on signing that treaty. And the way I understand it is they take over in any kind of health emergency, which abortion is also considered a health emergency. So we need to um, really be paying attention to this. And I think Christian persecution is really just starting in America. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for the comment. Alice in Arkansas, you're on the air. Thank you for taking my call. Oh, my heart is so heavy from the news that I've heard. Uh, I want to talk first about the balloon. You know, we're told in the Word to be anxious for nothing. God has control of that balloon. Hmm. But I have a question. You know, when the Israelites went in to uh, spy out the land, for Jericho. Is this a reversal? Is God giving up on America that allowing the enemy to see what's going on because judgment is coming, righteous judgment? With that, I can say, if God be for us, who can be against us? And then, oh, my heart was, I'm just crying when you, you played that from Oklahoma. Oh, these poor people. They just don't know what it means to be saved and know the love and the joy and the peace of the eternal living, loving God. Yeah. My heart aches. But I want to say one more thing. Two months tomorrow, my son, 44 years old, died because of lung cancer. Many mm. of the people may have prayed for him because he was on the prayer chain. But I want to give his testimony. He said, Mom, I have surrendered all. Amen. My Amen. It's in God's hands. Yeah. Those are words that he spoke to me. And he went home to heaven. Oh, if. Everybody that names the name of Christ could want that. Shall we all not? And I mean this. We must lay hold on eternal life. We don't know what's coming. Yeah. Thank you, Alice. Thank you for the call. And certainly our condolences to you as well. And uh, we praise God that, uh, that your son is home with the Lord. Let's go to Joe in Salina, T- Tennessee. You're on the, let's, on the air, Joe. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, what I would like to address is uh, them talking about uh, calling God after a feminine name or, or just either or or whatever, and it, rather than addressing him as father or so forth. If we're sitting here uh, claiming to worship God and we just make him whatever we want him to be, 
we decide what's right and wrong rather than using biblical principles and so forth. What's the difference? We're we're sitting here. Uh, what 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 does it matter what God we serve if we decide what God wants yeah. for us rather yeah. than looking to God what He wants for us and who He is, and acknowledging what the Bible says about Him? You know, it's like there's no standard. If we create the standard, we we could be worshiping Satan. It's the same when we meet judgment. It's the same as if we were worshiping Satan. Yeah. He is God. He will not share his glory with another, he tells us in his word. And Absolutely. Uh, thank you for the call. I appreciate yep. it, Joe. Yep. Let's go to West Dallas, Wisconsin. Chris, you're on the air. Yeah, Jim, my comment is this. Um, <clears throat> the Bible says, as in the days of Noah, so shall the days be before the Son of Man cometh. They were eating and drinking and marrying, and then Noah entered into the ark, and God destroyed everything in, in its sight. We're living in those days as well. Jesus said, it's in the days of Noah, yeah. we're living in those days. God is, God is giving this nation over to a reprobated mind. Um, but we have to remember that God has also called us as born-again Christians to share the gospel. To go out and share the gospel. I hope and pray for my brothers and sisters in Christ to declare a time of fasting and prayer and allow God to use you uh, to go out and evangelize this, this this sad and sorry world that we're living in today. And, uh, we, you know, we need to get busy as a body of Christ. We're, we're sitting in the pews, or nobody's going out to share the gospel. That's my challenge for the church. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Joe in Laval, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Mr. Schneider, I have very important news, and that is beginning next month, this March 2023, food share benefits will be cut by about one-third from $300 at the pandemic level down to $200, and that's because the pandemic emergency is going to be over. So EBT is going down. That will probably contribute towards civil unrest, and that's my remark. Okay. Thank you very much. We're less than 30 seconds here left, and friends, we've run out of time on the broadcast. Uh, We do want to leave you with a, a good news story here. This is a a faith wire, a Michigan police officer receiving sweeping praise for offering a simple gesture to a struggling man in need of a little kindness, love, and peace. The act of compassion recently unfolded when a sheriff's office deputy, Jacob Thorne, and uh, Fred Parasic received a call from an individual worried about a car parked on the side of the road. The caller, concerned for the driver's safety, believed he may have passed out. Though he arrived on the scene, met a man calling Joe and... Uh, he had pulled him on the side of the road on his way back because he was feeling down, just needed a break. The man said he didn't want to hurt himself, but was uh, upset and, and trouble going on. We understand the deputy was more than happy to to help out a fellow human being and gave him a good, strong hug as he was able to release some emotional tears, uh, the story said. Felt much better after the officer's kind handling of the situation. God bless you, folks. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208, or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.